I mean, everything is essentially creating because nothing exists, right? Like literally nothing exists. My user base doesn't exist. My platform doesn't exist. The concept of rental is really brand new. So it's, it, I could get into the details of the day to day, but all aspects of businesses, it's a blank slate needs to be drawn upon. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the show, and this is one you're going to want to share. We've got Natalia Ohanisian on the show today, founder of Bipti. You can find it at bipti.io. Natalia is going to get deep into how to discover what business you want to start. She's going to talk about how to find the passion. She's going to talk about savoring discomfort until it's comfortable. And we're going to get into her definition of excellence, which is acting within integrity to who you are. We're going to get deep into that. Welcome to the show and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Natalia Ohanisian, and I'm one of the few guys that can say Ohanisian the right way because I've known your family for so long. Thank you so much for making time for launching your new business and joining us on the Edge of Excellence today. I am so excited to be here. Highlight of my day. Oh, wow. That's great. Well, we're going to get into it. We're going to have a good time. Before we do get into it, I'm asking the question I always ask first. Natalia, what is your definition of excellence? For me, it's being the best version of you at whatever point in time that is. So it's all about being in integrity and being your authentic self and being the best version that you could possibly be in that moment. Okay. So let me pick this apart. So the best version you can be, so you can't just be schlepping around doing nothing. You got to do something like go off and start a business. You got to you got to push yourself and try as part of your definition. But I think it's also about being authentic to wherever you're at in life right now. So if maybe starting a business and like pushing 100% isn't what you need right now, then your version of excellence is chilling at home and doing XYZ. But you only you know that like you need to be the one to say for yourself. And that's kind of where the integrity piece comes in. Like no one else can tell you what excellence is. It's something that's deeply personal. Oh, okay, we're gonna have to take a little diversion off my normal discussion. Uh, and uh, I don't know if I can ask how you're in your you're in your twenties. We'll say that you're a college okay. graduate. Um, how do you know? This is really good for people listening. And, and the audience is in their twenties. They're driving in the car and they're listening on one point five speed. And they're sitting there going, "Yeah, Natalia, you got it. Get my parents off my back." How do you know what is best for you at a period of time versus? you're just being lazy or you're just not ambitious. 
I think that's where integrity comes in. And that's when you have to really be honest with yourself and look in the mirror. But I remember in in high school, for example, I didn't really have a direction. I really leaned on my peers and my parents to guide me. Um, And that was, I went to a school that was more competitive and that really pushed me to be ambitious and excellent, so to speak. And then as I grew up, I was able to find that inner voice and kind of guide myself to find out what's excellent for me. And now my, my version of excellence is, you know, kicking ass every day, waking up early and creating this business, but that might not be the case for everybody. Feel a tear welling up in my eye and it's a sympathy (laughs) tear for your father. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Deacon uh, that you just said that, that is so wonderful. I'm going to go on another tangent. How do you find your inner voice? And, and I'm just going to give a little side note. You've got a wonderful goddaughter. She just graduated. She doesn't know what she wants to do. And her parents are freaking out because she hasn't done anything this summer. And I keep saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. She hasn't done anything. She doesn't have a job. Her friends have jobs. And I, I think that there's a sense of panic, right? I mean, you're supposed to, first of all, the world is burning. Russia's invading <laughs> everywhere. Um, we won't talk about past presidents. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's an era of some concern. And you go to college and you're supposed to figure all this stuff out and then go. And I tell people, just figure it out one year. Just figure it out one year. And I tell my goddaughter's parents, shut up. Leave her alone. You're making it worse. She just needs to figure out one year. How do you find that inner voice? How could she find the way to explain herself to her parents or, or our listeners right now? You're in the car. You're relating to this. How do you find that inner voice and express yourself? Or how did you do it? I think it's following your bliss and calling. And I think that's a really hard thing. So I didn't figure that out until a lot later. Um, I didn't even want to go to college. And then I I ended up just going to college because all my peers were going to college. My parents were like, you're going to college. There's not really a question. So that was like my first year plan. And then I ended up getting an internship my sophomore year because, well, that's what everybody was doing. And that's when I that's when I called you and I was like, I'm in a bind. I think I need to get a job. I need an internship. Everyone's doing this right now. There's so much pressure. But as I was doing all those things that I just knew was like the normal path to go down, I started to lean into things that excited me and things that energized me. And paying attention to that led me to my my calling, so to speak, which is being an entrepreneur. For example, my my commutes to my internship ended up teaching me that I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I'd listened to this podcast in my 45-minute drive up to work every day and 45-minute drive back. And that was a highlight of my day every single day. And that's how I figured out that I'm really excited about this. And I think this is my direction. What was the podcast? It's called Masters of Scale. It's by the um, the guy who made LinkedIn or co-founded LinkedIn. It was the most amazing podcast, such a magical time. I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in starting your own business. It's kind of like a how I built this, but better. Okay. So you have a little system here that we can give some people some uh, insights. If you're driving right now, don't start writing this down. Hit pause, wait till you're parked. Um, but it's follow a path. It may not be your path. It may be your parents' path. It may be your friend's path. 
we need to decide if it's a positive path. It's not that let's go shoot heroin underneath the bridge path. It's right. where are the people that um, are doing what you want to do or going where you want to go going? Where do the people that love you, where do they send you? Um, they have wisdom. Your dad has wisdom. You may not believe it in your teens, but in your 20s, you figure that out. Then find what's exciting to you. So you said you paid attention. Uh, were you taking notes or was it just registering in your mind? How did you figure out what was exciting? I think you don't realize it's exciting until a pattern forms. Like I didn't even know I was interested in entrepreneurship until I found myself every single day listening to this podcast. And then in reflection, I was like, wait, there's something there. And then I started to research it. So just noticing what patterns come up. And it's really a feeling at the end of the day, if you're just kind of in tune with what's happening. And if you block out all the noise, there is so much pressure in the world. Be like this, act like that, social media, like perfect, perfect, perfect. And if you can just tune into where you are, again, your version, your best version of yourself in that moment, then I think you'll just find it. And I love what you said about um, when you're not sure, if you're feeling like you don't have a direction, lean on other people who maybe are where you want to be. Okay. So there's an investment of time. There's an investment of uh, of attention. You don't listen to one podcast. You listen to a few. You don't read one magazine article. You read a few. You don't talk to one person. You talk to a few. And you're looking for these patterns that make those butterflies form in your gut. And you're like, yeah, I'm going in the right way. And that's kind of your step three. You follow the path, the path. Um, you find your excitement by paying attention, investing time, looking for patterns. You're using your time wisely. You know, you're listening to a podcast on the drive. You're not listening to what I listen to, uh, the, the, the news, which is really upsets my wife. Uh, and then the last thing, which you didn't mention, Try things. And I know we're going to get yeah. into high school, we're going to get into college, but you had, three, and we'll come back to this, you had three internships. What were the three internships you had? You were trying different things and none of which you do now. Um, They were all marketing related. and Okay, so they were similar to what you do now. So you knew you liked marketing, you majored in marketing, so you had marketing internships. Sorry to interrupt. And I, and I knew I liked marketing, not because I knew I liked marketing, but because everyone kind of said, wow, you have a knack for, for, for X, Y, Z, which ended up being a marketing major in a marketing role. So in those moments when you don't really know what you want to do, let's say listening to people and paying attention to what the people around you are noticing for you that maybe you can't notice for yourself. Um, but I did learn one thing from all of those internships, which was I do not want a nine to five job. That was like the biggest takeaway. Going to work every day, sitting in a cubicle, um, following very streamlined tasks, not being creative and problem solving was not for me. And that's where 50 came into play. Okay. Um, so what were the three internships? You worked what three places? Um, I worked at the Irvine Company which you got me into. I worked at a Garage Team Mazda and again, a return offer to Irvine Company. Okay, so I did not get you anywhere. I called a friend and you interrupted, you interviewed with that friend. So I didn't do anything. I said, I know somebody who's spectacular and he made a few calls and you got yourself the job and he was talking to me the whole time and I knew you were getting the job and I wouldn't have recommended you. This is the secret. They say in the fraternity sorority world, 
doesn't matter what you know. It matters who you know. No, it matters what you do with what you know and who you know. So I've known Natalia for a long time. Did I meet you in Africa? Africa. So yes. We in Africa on the Africa trip. Um, Natalia and her family, her family are friends of mine. Talking about the disc test on this uh, on this podcast a lot. We have an episode, I think it's episode four, about the disc test. I came and we did a family disc test. Remember that? Yes, I do. It was so cool. Yeah, that was cool. So we go way back. I know Natalia. I know the stories of Natalia. I talked to her mom, Manor, about it. I talked to Vegan about it. My parents keep each other apprised. So if you were the person sitting under the bread, uh, bridge shooting heroin, I would have never called Chris Marsh. Shout out to Chris Marsh for helping Natalia get that interview. <laughs> but you had you had these marketing experiences while you're in college to help you out of college decide where to go. Let's back up a little bit. And we're going to get into Bipti. And by the way, if you're listening right now, uh, Bipti, you take your clothing and you share it with others online, right? Is that how it works? That's exactly right. Yeah, you can rent out your clothes, make some money off of it. And then rent out other people's clothes and spend that money. And exactly. all of a sudden, you have this huge wardrobe for less money, which is great if you're in your 20s. It's Bipti.com, right? Bipti.io, yes. Bipti.io, Go check it out. Put your suits and your cool outfits up there for rent. See what else you can find. But before you started it, all those years ago, you're in high school. Where'd you go to high school? I went to St. Margaret's. St. Margaret's, the rival high school of my beautiful son, Jake, who went to Sage. <laughs> so you went to one of the best, probably the second best high school in all of Orange County. <laughs> Very um, lucky. <laughs> and how, how was life in high school? What were you doing? Um, did you know to get ahead? Uh, were you trying out marketing? What was going on in high school? I went to a really competitive small high school where I was a little fish in a big pond. And what I mean by that is I was surrounded by people who were really, really smart and were all up to really big things. And because of that, my my average bar of what was average was inflated. And I was what I thought was I, what I thought was average, which was getting A's, which is not getting, which is not average, um, was excellent in itself. So from a really young age, I was always pushed to the highest level. And I, I attribute that to my parents in school. And are you glad that you were under that pressure or not glad? Um, I'm glad I was under that pressure because I would never put myself under that pressure. And I think it's a really healthy skill to have in life. To handle pressure? To be able to handle pressure and also to be, I mean, on the other hand, the network that came out of it. I'm surround, you are who you surround yourself with, right? I think there's a saying like the five people you surround yourself with are who you end up becoming. You are the sum of your five closest friends from Aristotle. That's the one. <laughs> um but I was surrounded by people at such a high level. And because of that, I was able to, I mean, be, absorb a little bit of that, I'd say. So that's an interesting dilemma, right? Because right now, you know, if you're in high school, especially if you're a female, actually middle school is the worst if you're a female, can't even believe it. But <laughs> there's so much pressure to keep up and you've got your parents breathing down your neck and you got to figure out your college, you got to figure out your whole life. And, and most of it's big pressure. It doesn't matter where you go to school. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't even matter if you go to college a lot of the time. 
Um, it just matters that you're moving in a direction towards your path, but there's this artificial pressure. And, and, and at St. Margaret's of Sage, you, know, you better go to Princeton. Well, only one person yeah. gets to go to Princeton. So it's, it's all baloney. It doesn't matter if you've got a Cal State Northridge or oh, Princeton. Really? It matters that you find your path. You're under all this pressure and there's this dilemma as, as, a, you know, as a teen. Is it good to have that pressure? I, I guess I'm going to go to your answer. I, I, think, I think you would say. I think you would say, trust your integrity. If the pressure's not good, pick a different school. If it's good, keep going. But you bring up something interesting. Your, your dad and I are pretty good friends, and I consider myself, you know, unequal to his. And then if you look around our friend group, and your dad's your dad's got this family business that um, makes everything that looks like it's made out of plastic at Home Depot, the tables, the chairs, anything that's injection molded, Um it's probably from your dad's business, right? This huge multi-billion dollar business that you probably don't know is a multi-billion dollar business because he keeps it a secret. I'm letting it out. It I is. Say, I did not know that. <laughs> you can tell by the boat you go on in the Mediterranean when they're that big, the business is big. And then you've got, you know, the big builders with their billion dollar businesses and the hotel people with their billion dollar businesses. And I've got this little construction company. But I put myself in that circle because yeah. I kind of want to feel like I'm not doing well enough. But if I go yes. back to Albuquerque, New Mexico, I'm doing better than everybody else. But I like to put myself in that circle that creates the pressure. But you have to have that emotional control. And this guy, Larry Green, said to me, don't try to keep up. Many of these people spend more on jet fuel than you'll make in a year. And I've always remembered that. And if you're listening right now, don't try to keep up. Grab the healthy part of that pressure. Yes, a hundred percent. And you need to know why you're doing it too. Like going back to high school, all my friends were going to these really prestigious schools that never really spoke to me. And for that reason, I wasn't interested in that, but going to college was always on the radar. And I think that was due to kind of shooting for the moon landing in the stars. I was going to end up somewhere in the realm. And, um, were you in, uh, were you in student leadership? Were you doing internships? What were you doing to get ahead of high school sports? Um, the way St. Margaret's was set up is they really didn't let you fail. The curriculum required you to do a sport every semester and be in some sort of leadership group at least once in your time in call in high school. Plus you needed to have like another extracurricular, you needed to do volunteer hours. So they set you up. You couldn't, you couldn't not succeed at that school. Um, so yeah, I was, I was doing it all, but not because I was like, drawn to do it all, but because it was required. And okay. I didn't think much of it at the time. It just felt like everybody was doing it. So I guess I'm doing that. So maybe there's a pattern in your life of um, putting yourself in a difficult situation, putting yourself in a difficult situation and striving. And if, and if you get through, I mean, you could have gone off and got a regular job, but you realize I'm doing okay now. I'm going to push myself a little further yeah. and start a business. So you get comfortable with something that other people think is uncomfortable you can raise the bar and make it comfortable again and raise the bar. And you keep getting out of your comfort zone to the point where you think, oh, I'll just start my own business. I don't want to work in a cubicle anymore. Exactly. And I love that you brought up comfort zones because I think it's so important to never be comfortable. I think if you're comfortable, you're not growing. And every single day is a discomfort at 50 right now. Like I'm not. I'm learning so much every single day. It's not easy. It's not comfortable, but I'm growing because of it. And what's hard now is not going to be hard in the next two, three years. I'll have other battles that will be even harder, but that's the idea of like constantly leveling up and only 
Only you know what is at that level for you. Again, with like excellence being a very personal conversation to who you are at that time. Yeah, if you get comfortable, if you get comfortable being uncomfortable, the world's your oyster. Totally. Wow. It's a hard thing to do though, like to be uncomfortable all the time, but it's so rewarding and really cool. And then you look back and you're like, wow, three months ago, look where I was versus where I'm at now. You know what's hard to do? What's hard to do is raise three daughters that end up like you and your sisters. That's what's hard to do. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, um, it is hard. It's hard the first time. It's like jumping up a high dive. You go up there, you stand there for five minutes, you walk down the ladder, and you finally jump and you do it over and over again. What if you could do that with discomfort? What if all these things that scare you don't scare you anymore? If you're listening right now, all you got to do is try something and succeed. And if you don't succeed, you got to practice recovery. Try again and succeed. And eventually you succeed. But when you fail, you're prepared for the failure because you've done it so many times. When you're uncomfortable, you're prepared for the uncomfort and it doesn't break you, right? The problem is when you haven't been uncomfortable and haven't tried anything, then you've got to kind of deal with it. So you go to a college and I don't know if you know, my wife went to the same college as you, the number one rated most beautiful campus in the country, University of San Diego. It's so beautiful down there. What was life like in San Diego? You had your three internships. Did you know, okay, I got to go get internships. I got to get ahead. Were you getting that pressure from that mean Armenian dad of yours? They <laughs> get out there and get it done. What was it like? Again, I got a lot of guidance from my peer group. And it was it ended up being my St. Margaret's peer group more than my college peer group. I came back from from school my freshman year and everybody had an internship and I didn't have one. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know we had to get internships. Okay, next summer, I need to do that. So now that was on my radar, I needed to get an internship. Um, and then that that kind of continued. I never got a lot of pressure from my parents. My parents really pushed me to be my best self. As long as I was just putting in effort, that's all they really wanted to see. There was really never any pressure from them as far as like grades go. And um, like, going to the best schools and getting the best jobs. I think that was more like, <laughs> I think that was pressure from other people's parents rubbing off more than <laughs> anything. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, a note to parents that listen to this. And we do have a few parents that listen to this, including Sean Baldwin. We always try to do a shout out to Sean Baldwin on the show. Um, pushing you to be your best self, not just pushing, and then picking their battles. So your parents' battle is effort. One of my battles is effort. Other people have different battles, but you can't battle everything. So they're they're pushing you to be your best self, but kind of trusting you. To get yes. it and you've done things in life to show that you warranted that trust, right? Right. It's a little bit different if you've been screwing around all your life and you're smoking weed in your parents' bathroom, and maybe they're going to be a little bit less trusting, but they trusted you and they pushed you. And you went to college, your friends all got internship. I can't believe you had to take an internship. I have the largest internship in the United States. He didn't tell you to get an internship. I talked to him all the time about that. So you go to college. And when did you graduate? I graduated 2020. Ooh, perfect timing. Great year to graduate. Perfect. So you, you graduated virtually. I graduated virtually. It was actually, it was a really interesting time. And I'm so happy to be a 2020 grad because the world went into hibernation and I decided to start my business. And it was almost like a pause in time where I could just learn and try things and 
like what what an incredible opportunity that never happens in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. You can create your own COVID. It's 2022, and hopefully COVID's going away. You can still create your own COVID. You can create your own opportunity. But let's talk for a second. You get out of college. um, You got all your friends pressuring you, either subliminally or directly. You got a, you know, you live in Orange County. You got successful family with successful friends. There's all this implied pressure. And you say, wait a second. I'm not going to go after that Irvine company job that I'm sure you would have had, which is those people listening don't know what Irvine company is. They invented the planned community. So your track home neighborhood you live in was invented by the Irvine company. One of the, it's one of the biggest businesses in Southern California could have got a great job there. And you decide, nope, I'm going to start a business. So first of all, how did you decide to start a business? And then second of all, how did you decide that the business you would start was 50? Um. It was a no-brainer. I don't know how to explain it other than I really had no other option in my mind than to start this business. It was almost like an itch I needed to scratch and there was really no other way around it. I'm so privileged that I get to come back home and my parents came and they were like, come on back, start your business, live at home. And I don't think everyone has that opportunity. But I think being in your 20s, this is the time to experiment and explore. Like you can get a job anytime. You can if you can save up anytime like that. But having this time where you have no responsibilities and you can just like explore a concept and see where it takes you and learn along the way. I think that's really special. So I think that's the answer to your first question. Yeah. So your so your gut was. I mean, it was just singing to you, and that's not going to happen to everybody. You had three internships. Yeah. Talk to a bunch of people. Back to your your definition of excellence. You knew um, you knew what your honest self was. You knew what your integrity was. You knew what your authentic self was. Um, you've been through these uh, through these experiences, and it wasn't just in the car listening to podcasts. But you've been using your time wisely and making mental note. So you were developing your gut reaction and developing your ability to decide. So you could trust your gut and know, hey, I'm mature enough to know I'm going to go this way to yeah. go off and and start your business. But how did you decide it was going to be 50 and you're going to do this clothing exchange? So summer of my junior year, so going into senior year, I came up with the concept of 50. So I had 
I had some time to test it out in a safe environment when I was still in school. And then by the end of school, I was like, okay, this is, this is what's happening for sure. And I, I went into that, but I, it was that same summer where I was listening to those podcasts nonstop. And I, growing up, I always just was looking for ways to make things better, more efficient. Um, and I always had these ideas and it was almost like I would come up with an idea and I would tell my parents or my sisters. And then six months later, it would just pop up. And I was like, okay, there might be something there where I like to come up with things to make things more efficient. And for me, a really big struggle is clothes. I like clothes. I want to buy a lot of clothes, but fashion moves so quickly. And it's just like waste of money, waste of waste for our environment. And I thought there needed to be a better way to do it. So I, I kind of brainstormed a few ideas and this is what I landed on, tested it out my whole senior year with slight different models, got a lot of feedback, um, built up a user base and decided to just put hundred percent of myself into it after I graduated. Wow. So I talk to people and they want to go off and start businesses and they don't know what the idea is or they have an idea and they're just going to stop everything and dive into the idea. Yours is a little different, right? You yeah. thought a lot and then you tested before you jump. And I think that's probably the wise move. How different is the Bipti model now than the first version? So different. Um, so it always, it always stayed in the tune of renting clothes. So that hasn't changed. But in the beginning, it was really a rent the runway for younger women. So it was a subscription model and you could rent from the business. It was going to be me. And I would have all these clothes that you could, you could rent from. That was scratched. It ended up being too expensive. Um, then we moved to this college-based model, right? Because I was in college and I, I was in a sorority. So I was like, let's just do local pickups, meetups, drop-offs for events. And I, I succeeded at that on a really small scale. And as I was trying to scale the business, that's when it started to um, kind of fall through. We pivoted again. And now we're at this nationwide peer-to-peer -peer model, much more like a, a Poshmark or a Depop. And it's working. And I'm sure we'll pivot a hundred more times. And again, I think that goes back to your model of you know investing energy and paying attention. So it's registering because when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be able to make that decisions and you have to be able to yeah. make that decision somewhat quickly. So how do you make a good decision? You have wisdom. So you have to develop wisdom through experience but then also thinking about your experience. So you're going through all these, were you taking notes? Was it just pure gut? How are you modeling it out? In the beginning, I think it was paying attention to my surroundings, um, noticing trends around me. Again, like finding those patterns, not within myself now, but within like this, this greater world. How do people interact? What's working? What's not working? And then I guess intuitively gathering all of that data. And um, so I was finding patterns in all of these people. And then after that became like less intuitive and too much to too much data to handle just in my head, I started to keep track of it all. And that's when we've been able to pivot. But to your point, you constantly have to make decisions on a daily basis kind of quickly. And that's when you have to lean on your gut. Like one of the big decisions we made, I invested what seemed like a lot of money and time for me at the time in building a platform, a website, and an app. 
and come to find that that was not going to work and that wasn't the move. And within a week, making the decision that what took eight months is no longer useful and we're scratching it. It's done. We move forward. Don't look back. What do we have to do now? And it wasn't, it was a hard decision in the moment. But once you make your decision, you just stick with it and you move forward and you do everything that you can do to make your new decision work. And if your new decision doesn't work, you'd pivot again and you do everything that you can do to make your new decision work. And at some point, you're going to end up where you need to be. You make the hard decisions because you made hard decisions before because you're comfortable being uncomfortable. You don't have decision paralysis. You have all these experiences that you've been registering and you've got a short life, all your short life, but it's enough to give you an opportunity to feel okay about a decision. And the more you make, the more comfortable you feel, right? And you start to have confidence in yourself that you know you'll be able to bounce back and you know you're going to be able to figure out a new solution. And I think having confidence in your own intuition and gut feeling is so important. Yeah. You can't really do anything without that. No, and you have to earn it. Yeah. Well, huh? you, have to, you have to prove it to yourself. I did a really big stunt. I did like an exercise to, to build confidence in my integrity. Have you heard of the 5 a.m. challenge? Don't tell me. Is that uh, is that from Sharon? Uh, yes. The 5 a.m. club. Yes. You're in the 5 a.m. club? Um, No longer. But there was a time, there was like a six-month period where I would wake up every single day at 5 a.m. and have my whole routine and I followed the book. And it wasn't about waking up at 5 a.m. That was never what it was for me. It was about building the trust in myself and the integrity that I said, I will wake up at 5 p.m., 5 a.m. I can believe myself because I've woken up at 5 a.m. for 66 days in a row now. And because of that, you, you, you build that confidence and integrity. Do you know Sharon? No. Do you know? I want to meet him. Do you know that me and your dad know Sharon? Why doesn't he tell me these things? Like he, why he doesn't tell you these things because he's letting you develop your own wisdom. Look at where you are now. What a great job he did. You need to go give him a hug after this. Maybe buy him a present. Say thank you. Jerome was actually on this website. I mean, on this website, on our podcast before. But yes, no yeah, he's a friend of your dad's and mine. That's funny. So the 5 a.m. club, shout out to the 5 a.m. club. It made a difference. Natalia didn't even know that she had the connection there. Um, <laughs> I also just want to back up to utilizing your resources. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned, I don't remember if you called me. No, your dad mentioned something to me, didn't he? Your dad asked me. And so you talked to your dad. Your dad talked to me. I made a phone call. You used your network to find those internships. Um, and, and now as you look at your Bifty business, um, and we're going to get into what you do on a daily basis, but how how did your network and, and having the confidence to reach out to your network help you set up the Bifty business? I think in a business or in any area where you have no idea what's happening and you have no idea what you're doing because it's the first time, um, it's so important to lean on people who do know what's up. And I have found... I, I do like, I find myself doing like lump periods where I'll really push on reaching out to people. Takes a lot of my energy. So, cause I, I go hard and I really network. Um, and then I shift back to implementing everything everybody taught me. And that usually takes about two to three months. And then I'll go back and I'll network with 
all those people again, plus new people they put me in touch with. And then I'll go and I'll implement for the next three months. But I feel like I've a lot of these huge decisions to pivot have has come from talking to people who know what they're actually doing and reflecting on their guidance. And so when you go back and talk to them again, are you telling them about your reflections? Yeah, I'm like, okay, we had a great conversation here. All the things I implemented since we last talked, now I'm dealing with these issues. How do I go about it? And then we'll just do the whole thing all over again. There's a, there's a, there's a, a young woman who went to um, the number one high school in Orange County, Sage. And uh, I helped her with an internship because I used to do high school internships at Sage. And what I would do was I'd do one day with me and one day with my friends. In fact, your dad did one day once. And um, out of all the people we ever did, only one person keeps up. So every summer, at the end of the summer, I get an email. And I know the other five get the same email. Every Christmas time, we get another email about what she's up to, what's going on in her life. And we call each other. And we're like, oh, my God, did you get that email? How great is that? So it's it's not about going out and taking from your network. It's, and you got to do that when you're young. You got to get advice. You need to get help. But you got to give back. You got to show them that they didn't waste their time. So coming back and recapping on what you learned and that you really did something with it. So this young woman, I feel so good about the, the internship I did with her because I know it really changed her life. Because yeah. she keeps telling me it changed her life. And it makes me want to do it again. It makes me want to help her out again. So you're following that same system. So you, you have you have all these processes, and I'm sure they're involved in your every day. So you've been a, you've been an entrepreneur now for two years and two months, right? Yes. Yeah. Two, Two years and two months anniversary. What's your daily life? What are you doing as an entrepreneur? Um, and 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 still a startup, right? After two years, it's still a startup for a few years. What's your day to day? Um, jam packed with work. <laughs> I work all day, every day. So I usually wake up around six, start work around seven thirty, um, and then it's just creating all day long, problem solving. Um, my newest installment is managing a team, which is really hard. I'd never done it before. Talk about discomfort all over again. So that that's my day-to-day. And then usually around 7.30, I'll end work, grab dinner, maybe go to a yoga class and unwind, go to sleep, do it all over again. So the life of a young entrepreneur at Bipti is a constant life of creating. So when you're, when you're solving problems, you look at that as creation. Yeah. Uh, what other sorts of creating are you doing? I mean, everything is essentially creating because nothing exists, right? Like literally nothing exists. My user base doesn't exist. My platform doesn't exist. The concept of rental is really brand new. So it's, it, I could get into the details of the day to day, but all aspects of businesses, it's a blank slate it needs to be drawn upon. And then, so what, what is your team doing? What, what roles in the business? You started off, you're the one person, you're running everything, you're the CFO, you're the receptionist, you're the um, sales manager, you're everything. Now you're starting to hire different people. What are their roles in your business? So we have a operations and relations specialist, which is essentially customer service and day-to-day operations, making sure we're peer-to-peer business. So making sure items are getting shipped out on time, answering questions that come up, dealing with damages, if any damages occur to the close. Um, so dealing with our, our community relations. 
Then there's the marketing side of the business. So making TikToks, Instagram feed, um, influencers, all that good stuff, blogs. There's our whole world there. And then there's the financial side of the business, which is pretty self-explanatory. And then the last role, which we're still looking for. So if you are a software engineer and you're looking for something to do right now, you can join this business and create something with us. Um, but that that's the last role and that's what we're looking for. And then there's me. So if someone is a software engineer and they're looking uh, for a job, how do they reach out to you? Where would they find you? You can DM us at 50.fashionrental or you can email your friends at 50bipty.io. Okay, so if you're listening right now, do they have to live in uh, California? No, nationwide. Nationwide. Okay, so the concept is, so let's just say I've got a friend and let's just pretend his name's Vegan. And Mm -hmm. I go out with him a lot and he seems to have these really loud colored shirts that he wears. And I have these really awesome shirts that I get at Gary's in Fashion Island. And I really feel like he should be wearing shirts that look like my shirts so he doesn't embarrass me when we're in places like, let's say, Lebanon. And I want to share my wardrobe with him. But I know he needs to pay. Um, how does the model work? What do I do? And does it is it, men, is it women only or are there men, uh, men's clothes too? It's open to men, but... We're not focusing on men. We find that a lot more women are attracted to this right off the bat. So to your to your idea, you have this incredible wardrobe. You've spent, you've invested quite a bit of money into it, and they are incredible pieces. Statement pieces, you always get compliments. You can list those on Bipti, price them yourself, um, throw in a few pictures, and then someone will come and request to rent it from you. We call it borrowing, borrowing and lending. And you accept it. You ship out the item, they wear it for four days, you get it back, and you get paid. And that's the concept. Who cleans it? The lender cleans it. We found that lenders, the people who actually own the clothes, prefer to clean their own items to make sure it's cleaned in a way that they they like. Yeah, because I would not trust your dad to clean my shirt. Yeah, I, exactly. I <laughs> and they get paid for it. They get compensated for cleaning. And what's the what's the price? If I was going to go say buy something that costs five hundred dollars, what would it cost to uh, rent it out or rent that it's same usually, item? It's usually twenty percent of the retail value. So we'll have an item that's let's say five hundred dollars at around a hundred. Okay. And um, where's your biggest market? New York and LA. Oh, wouldn't I bet I could have guessed that? I know, right? <laughs> I, I could have guessed that. New York and LA, big fashion places, and it's mainly women between the ages of of eighteen and twenty eight. Okay, so a lot of young professionals. A lot of young professionals. A lot of Gen Z women. A lot of if you're on TikTok, a lot of TikTok viral styles um, on there, and they're really cool clothes. I must say, I I basically rent my entire wardrobe now. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Well, you better, it's your business. Let's go back to the marketing because marketing is so important in business. And now you've outsourced, well, you've not outsourced it, but you've hired someone to run the marketing for you. How'd you pick your marketing person? How'd you find them? Um, so my entire team has come, has reached out to me, which was really nice. I didn't have to go search for anyone, um, which makes things easier. And I, I really focused on culture. If it's like a culture fit, and also um, past work experience. 
And I had for the marketing specifically, the feed was so important. So I had them send me a mock-up feed. That was like key. So I could see what direction would they take 50 and and do we align? And then the, the other part is this is a startup. It's it's not your typical job. It's not um, linear, so to speak. You're constantly pivoting. So I wanted to make sure that this person really connects with the mission and the vision of the company so that they're going to have a big enough draw to go with all the craziness that a startup has and flow with it. So I wanted them to really connect with the why. All right. And um, what is a, uh, a, you call it a feed? You said you made them do a... Oh, yes. The Instagram feed. It's like... It's like all your Instagram photos. Oh, so you look at their Instagram feed to see if it aligns with you can tell you can tell culture yeah. from the Instagram feed. Well, an interview will will tell the culture, but I had them create like a mock-up 50 feed and okay. send it my way. Oh, so a I mock-up can... 50 Instagram feed. I got it. Okay. Yeah. So you can totally tell if it's aligned with exactly um, what you're looking for. Okay. All right. So um what did you discover you're you're you were dangling on the edge of excellence? Um I think I'm on the path of excellence because I know I am performing at the highest level that I can perform at right now. I don't think I can go much higher, but I also think I'm not at my highest level ever. So I'm really excited to just continue to grow and excel in my own way. And I've got two more questions for you. First one is, um, how did you get the money to get started? I know you did get a, a small loan. I don't, you, you got a small forgivable loan from your family. Not everybody has that. Is that where you got all your seed money? Did you have savings? Where did you get it? So I just got that money about a month ago. Oh. So the the entire process before that has been tapping into savings, but also being really lean. Like I, I try to spend as little money as I can. It's been in the last like couple months where I've started to have dip into savings. Um, but like I said, any money I make goes right back into the business. I don't have expenses like rent and all that stuff because I live at home. So um, it, it's been it's it's been not that challenging to keep the business afloat with the money that we make. So the listeners can't see your face. But before before we got on the uh, call, you mentioned the home thing. You gave me a little defensiveness on it. Just yeah. now you mentioned the home thing and your cheek flinched. So I can tell it bothers you to live at home. It bothers and, me. <laughs> so how do you deal with the ego side of yeah. not having as much money as some of your banker friends or whatever they yeah. do? And maybe not having as cool of a car because you spent your money elsewhere and having to live at home under your beautiful, loving mother's roof. How do you deal with that ego? Well, I remind myself how lucky I am and that this is really a privilege. It's not a bad thing. But I will say it is hard when you're comparing yourself to your friends and everybody's independent on their own, doing really different things. They, they have their savings starting to build up. They're investing into different opportunities. Um, they have that like side cash to go out and have a great weekend, but remembering your why and remembering it's the same. My why is so strong that it gets me up every single day to push myself in uncomfortable situations and make like those quote unquote sacrifices for years now. So I think the hardest part is having the, the, the trust in yourself that it's going to work out. It's worth the investment. 
and that your sacrifices are, are, they will come to see the light of day, so to speak. But it's not much of a sacrifice. I get to live in a beautiful home with my loving family and I get dinner made for me every night. So thank you. <laughs> can't be too upset about that. Well, and everybody's got an ego and life, life's about kind of getting it under control, finding happiness. So when you catch yourself and you catch your ego kind of controlling the way you're thinking, stop it, right? And say, no, I'm lucky. Look where I am. No, I'm doing something different. I'm following my why. And then you let that weird egotistical thought go and you keep going, right? It takes practice. Everything you said here, it takes practice. Yeah. It takes so developing that confidence, right? So true. So when you look back at your earlier life, and I love when I talk to people in their early 20s, some of the people I talk to, I, I may have even had your dad on, I don't think I have, but I have a lot of people that are, you know, in that YPO circle, come on and talk about what they do. And then I have people in their 20s. I like to go way back when you're in your 20s, way back to your younger years. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, uh, this is so lame that I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I literally have a shirt older than you. It's a concert shirt that I got <laughs> at a concert in New York. So you go way back. What sacrifice did you make way back in time, maybe starting your business or at least setting yourself up for success that you would go back and make over and over and over again? But it didn't feel, felt like a sacrifice at the time. And now you're stoked you did it. Hmm. I think it's the social life. I really had to get, I had to reprioritize going out all the time and like hanging out with friends and building those relationships. You just can't do it all, you know? You can, you can focus on yourself. You can focus on your business. You can focus on your health. Like you can't do it all. So that's one sacrifice I had to make. And it's worth it because it got the business to where it needs to be now. But going forward, I think I'd probably shift to have a bit more balance in my life because socializing is really important too. And it's healthy. So do you have goals set around uh, getting that balance and adding more into your social life? Definitely. I'm going... I'm actually after this call, I'm going on a trip to San Francisco to meet some friends this weekend and reconnect with all of them. Flying or driving? Flying. Oh, the drive is so boring, but so awesome. Okay. So well, I hope you have a great time on your trip. I really appreciate you making time for us today and joining us on the edge of excellence. And if you're listening right now, you're in the target market. Uh, Katie Kenny, I know you're listening to this. Katie Kenny, go to 50. Check it out. They've got some great clothes. Um, Natalia, um, your parents are going to be so stoked for listening to the show. Thank you so much for making time. I'm proud of you, too. Thank you for coming on The Edge of Excellence. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on The Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.